Uh, this summer, uh, this, is, this will be the last day for the auditorium series where we are going to wrap up uh, the summer, summer story and then we'll be launching into um, strategic plan and, and some other things next week. So um, just wanted to, to tell, I guess, a little bit of, of story uh, from, from our summer. My family and I, we were able to take a vacation. We'd never done the parks out um, west before and so uh, we went out there this summer and um, we were actually we were hiking in, in Glacier, and everywhere um, there's Be Bear Aware signs posted. Have you, have you guys been hiked? Has anybody else been to Glacier or Yellowstone? You Be Bear Aware, yep. So we, um, we were hiking, and, and all these signs are posted, and there was the lodge where we were staying at. There was a ranger that um, was going to give um, a bear talk and tell bear stories um, one night, and we thought, oh, that might be a good thing to go and, and learn a little bit more. We had our bear mace with us and that kind of thing, but um, we thought, eh, maybe we should know a little bit more about these bears. We're glad we did. We learned a lot of information, like um, some of it pertinent, some of it probably not so much, like um, the bears in Glacier only ever get to about, the black bears in Glacier only ever get to about 200 pounds because they just are, um, they just have the, um, the grasses and stuff to, to eat. Uh, grizzlies will get to about 300 pounds. Um, but apparently this ranger that was, was sharing this story with us um, was, uh, the rangers actually are looking for the adventure. They're going after, they, they want to find out where the bears are and then they go after them. And so they were, he was really excited because he said this one time, these bears don't get very big in Glacier, but there was talk in the ranger world about how there was this bear that was like two or three times the size of a regular bear. And it would always go to this particular meadow and so one day, when he had a day off, he's like, I think I'm going to go venture out into that meadow and um, just uh, see if I can see that bear. So he goes out into, into that meadow, and uh, sure enough, it's, it's around dusk, and that bear starts to come out. Well, apparently, he had gotten into the bear's territory, which is very dangerous. That's a very dangerous thing to do. And so the bear charges, and he runs up the tree. And the bear doesn't go after him on the tree, but he's sitting up, up in that tree, and the bear kind of walks around a little bit, and then the bear leaves back into the forest. And his car is parked on the other side, and he's trying to, in his head, he's like, okay, do I have time to get down from the tree and get to my, my car or not? And so he's like, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. And sure enough, uh, a, little, a little while later, that bear came out of the forest again, only he had brought another bear. And so, and now those bears start at the bottom of the tree. They start uh, rubbing the bottom of the tree a little bit. And he's a little bit, oh, frantic, right? And, uh, and he's telling this story and we're all like, whoa. And so the bear finally, they didn't get him down. Uh, the bear finally left back into, the, uh, back into the woods. And he's like, I think this is my only chance. I am going to make a run for it. And so he, he runs to his car, and he makes it to his car, and he looked back, and he's so glad that he looked back, because that bear had gone and gotten a beaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So glad. <laughs> now, if some, of you, if some of you aren't quite giggling yet, and you need to ask the person next to you, that was me when he was telling the story. I was like, oh my goodness, oh... What does that mean, okay? <laughs> he looked back, 
and there was the beaver. Well, we are going to look back. Uh, we're going to do a look back here today, only we're going to look back and, and we're not going to see a beaver uh, coming, coming out, um, but we're going to look back over this ministry year. I've invited some key leaders to uh, come and just share some of the things that they've experienced in ministries. Because what, as, as we talk a lot on staff, um, we, we share a lot of God stories. A lot of things that just happen as we come into and we sit and we experience the presence of God. And we get to share those a lot, but we realize sometimes um, not everybody gets to hear those. And so we are going to just share what happens when, uh, when, when children and students especially have just encountered God's love for them and experienced his presence. And then we're going to take a, a pivot after that, and I'm going to ask you to do some self-reflection on your own story. So kind of leaving this idea of, of story, but looking, looking ahead into your story, into what does the next season of your life look like? And some people, um, you know, I, I have people often ask, well, I don't know what God's will is for me. I don't, I don't know. I think Paul tells it best in his story to the Ephesian. He writes this letter to you to share with us, this is God's heart for you. This is what God desires for you, your life, presently, right now, and in the future. And as we talk about um, being a kingdom people, that's going to be part of this continued conversation uh, that we have over the, over the next couple of years. As we talk about building kingdom culture and being a kingdom people, this, this is what it looks like. Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. And this is from, um, this is from the Passion Translation, where Paul prays that people in, Ephes in Ephesus would experience God's love so much to the point that it just overflows from them. And that's God's heart for you. Paul writes, And I pray that he, I pray our Lord, would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source of the root of your life. The resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power 
constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray as we begin our time together. Heavenly Father, we just again echo your praise and your thanksgiving of this opportunity to gather here today and worship your holy name. I pray that each one of us would be touched with your magnificent love, that we would take steps um, this year as we, as we remember all that you've done and as we look forward to all that you will do, that it is in your strength and in your power in which we are to live and move and have our being. We open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits, Father, that you would pour out your love in greater and greater measurement. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we're going to start by uh, inviting some some special uh, folks up here today, and we're gonna, we're just going to have fun today. And so, um, if you could help me with these introductions, this is uh, very impromptu. They don't know this is uh, this is happening. But I had asked um, I'd asked these key leaders some of their favorites, and so let's go ahead and have Kathy uh, Kathy's. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So this is. Uh, Is this Kathy's favorite song? This is Kathy's favorite song. All right, so would you just give her a warm introduction as she she walks down to the spot? Kathy is our elementary team leader, and we'll go through a little bit more formal introductions, but welcome. And next is Chrissy Kramer. Would you help me uh, introduce Chrissy Kramer to the stage? Countless miracles of life around. Yep, you can sit wherever. And Chrissy is our student ministry, a student ministry leader here. And finally, we have Allie Cramner, our next-gen pastor. Welcome her to the stage. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yep. both. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for uh, being up here this morning. And um, a, couple, a couple of other key leaders that weren't able to make it. So Shannon Judkins is um, the elementary or early childhood team leader. Um, but she is, she's in St. Louis, actually, today with her, her family. So Kathy, as she shares about, about Kidmen, children's ministry, um, is going to share some, some kind of broad strokes too. So uh, you'll get to hear about some of the things that are happening in the early, early childhood. Um, but, but Kathy, could you share with us um, just some of your ministry experiences and if there is a story that has highlighted as you've worked um, with, with the elementary kids this past year? Yeah. Yeah, and I, am I on, Ellen? There we go. 
I actually am going to share a little bit more just from my own personal experience in the past um, several years, actually, that have, you know, to give you some background to understand what's happening this year, because it's kind of caught me off guard. We didn't really know what to expect. My husband and I started helping in children's ministry um, in 2012. And we didn't really know what to expect, uh, but what has happened is nothing within our realm of thinking. Um, the very first Sunday we served, 52 kids accepted Christ. And that was just surprising how responsive they were to the Holy Spirit. And so since then, it's been situation after situation of shocking responsiveness to God. And I have been extremely humbled, and I feel like I'm the one who is learning, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and I just feel like, and oftentimes I actually even think, oh, I see what you're doing now, God, and then, no, it's something completely different than I thought, and so um, early on in our first year, um, there was a lesson on praise, and, and then a lesson on confession, and so I decided to start teaching ACTS Praying, which is uh, an acronym for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. It's a, just a prayer model. And so I started doing that, and a lot of things happened. Um, first of all, that very first year when we taught confession, I was going to have them do it in a small group, and um, just ended up that we had some missing small group leaders, so I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to do it in a large group. And, I, and oftentimes how this went, <laughs> to be honest, was this conversation between God and I saying, I don't think that's a good idea, Lord. <laughs> and him saying, no, it's, go with it. <laughs> But anyway, um, I did the confession part, and that first, I mean, I couldn't speak after it was over. The kids confessed for 12 minutes without stopping. Matt ended up having, he interrupted him. I never would have, but we were late <laughs> letting him out. But they were face down, some of them, saying, I've made my electronic my idol. I didn't even know they knew the word idol because we had not worked with them. And they were, you know, confessing, like, I know what tithing is, and I'm not doing it. I'm stealing from you, Lord. Hmm. And I was just so humbled. And we walked away so many times. I mean, I know in my, my spirit, I would often cry and say, Lord, help me to be more like them, you know, because that was my experience. Um, oftentimes, I was be teaching, and the Lord would prompt me, you know, share this story. And again, I'd be like, Lord, I do not think that's a good idea. Because some of them were things, ways he'd interacted with me. And actually, as I was reflecting last night about what I was going to share, I thought, you know, this is what the Lord told me when I homeschooled my kids. When I homeschooled my kids, there was a season when I didn't know what Bible curriculum to use. And I kept waiting on him, waiting on him, waiting on him, and he wasn't answering me. And right before school started, he told me, I'll tell you in the morning what to share with them. You meet me, and I'll tell you. And it was in those interactions with my own kids. And my daughter told me later, Mom, nothing impacted me more than watching your relationship with God and seeing, oh, this is what God is like. And there were a lot of mysteries those early years with my own kids that unrolled in front of their eyes. And I, and I sensed the same thing. So the Lord started prompting me. The very first time he prompted me to share a vision and you know, the, the church has grown in hearing God's voice and people are more open about sharing that sometimes God speaks through pictures. But at that time, I didn't know. And I was like, I don't want, that's going to put me in a category. <laughs> and I didn't know, you know, if I really wanted to, you know, be that vulnerable. But um, I went ahead and shared that. And it was interesting, the kids' reactions. I mean, I would look down and you could hear a pin drop 
they were riveted by what I started to call the more real. And they really wanted to know. They would say, tell me more about that. And even the kids in the tech, they would say to me, I've never heard anything like that. And it was just really interactions of things that God had done and told me and ways that we had interacted. And so it was really humbling to me, their reaction and their um, curiosity. And so anyway, what ended up happening um, was we started spending more time in the lighthouse. And that kind of came, that's a long story. I'm not going to go into that. But we started spending more time in the lighthouse. And I would take groups of kids in. And I started to see, you know, the kids, it was humbling to me. I would be just, we would open the time to just experiencing God. And I would just look up. And there might be four kids with both their hands raised. Some of them would be weeping. And I'd be like, God, I'm not responding like this. I remember the first time, it was two years ago, I was reading from the Passion Version of Psalms 23. It was walking in the Spirit. It was in the summer. We had one hour, noon to one, group of kids. This child was in third grade. And I remember I was reading Psalms 23 from the Passion Version, and I just look up, and one of the kids is just weeping, both hands raised. And I was like, Lord, it's not hitting me like that. Help me. Help me to be to be um, touched by your word. And so I continue to read. I look up, he's face down. I'm thinking, God, we need to be more like them. And so, and then, you know, um, we would take the kids out around the pond and some of them are here and I would look and one of them would be just singing, you know, out in the open, just arms raised. And it was just humbling and also, kids started to hear themes early on those first years. They would, I would say, you know, I would just, I never said that they were hearing God's voice because I didn't know where we were going, you know. But I would, I knew they were. I would just say, what did you experience? I would just open the time for them to just spend time with God. And um, they would say, start saying things to me. And they would, at the beginning, they would say, things are sliding off me. And I was like, Really? And kids would say, they're slipping, there's stuff slipping. And I'd be like, what is it? And they'd say, well, it's like worry and concern. And I was like, oh, that's precious. <laughs> and, and then also, too, they, they started hearing, like they would say to me, I feel like God's telling me I'm home. Or they'd just say, I just feel like I'm home. And it would be different groups of kids. I had a group of kids from FCA camp that were just all over from the state. They heard the same things. It was the kids were hearing in themes. They, weren't, they did not hear each other. Um, there was a time when they were hearing, you are welcome. You know, and they would see, a lot of them would tell me about, I see doors. And Jesus is opening this door and he's telling me, I'm welcome here. So I learned a lot about God. I learned a lot about God in the, through my experience. Also, too, we started to teach soaking prayer. And I loved, you know, some of the reactions. I, I said to the kids, how was that? In soaking prayer, we just pray. We don't speak. We just you know, open our hearts to what God feels and wants to say to a person. And it was so cute. I was having memories last night as I was preparing, you know, thinking about, and as I was going to sleep and coming up, I could just remember these thin spots and me feeling like, Lord, why am I have the privilege to be in this holy spot with these children, you know? And I remember a little girl, she's saying, it's like we're best friends and I don't even know her, you know? She would say that about praying for her person in her group. Or the kids told me, I said, what is it like soaking prayer? Tell me about it. They said, it's like Christmas. I said, it's like Christmas? Yeah. 
It's like, you know how you feel so excited to give that precious gift to someone and you've spent all this energy? It's like you do give that kind of gift and it's, you're receiving it. And I was like, it is like Christmas. <laughs> the way they phrase it has been good. Um, yeah, and this last year, uh, one of the, we did soaking prayer again, and one of the girls was just weeping afterwards. And I said to her, are you okay? And she, I go, what's going on? And she said, I just love that woman. And I was like, have you ever met her? No, I've never met her. And I was like, yeah, that's God's heart. You're getting God's heart for that person. You know, that's what God does in prayer. And so, yeah, and there's just been, I'm, am I going over, Katie? You're good. Because <laughs> uh, I, I thought, okay, <laughs> I could go over. But there's been a lot of other things, too. Like, um, there was a time, you know, we've had some friends who were missionaries. One of them went in prison. I won't go into that long story. But I thought the kids were watching it. Uh, you know, we just started to tell the kids, could you pray for our friend Tom? Because he's been put in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And the kids were so, like, they would pursue me. What's happening with Tom? I've been praying for Tom. And um, so then we started sharing more with them about Tom. And I thought, Lord... I mean, I knew in my spirit, the Lord had already given me a picture. I knew Tom was dying. He was, being, he was in prison in the Philippines. And um, I thought, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen if Tom dies? Lord, please. And um, what ended up happening is Tom ended up living. He got acquitted of all the charges. He came back to the United States. We went and visited him that summer. And I thought this was all about the kids watching a God story happen. But in retrospect, and in my conversation with Tom, Tom said, no. My phone, he, he, would be found with, he was found with, uh, with favor with the prison guards, and they gave him his phone every once in a while, and he was texting me prayer requests. He said, my phone connected with you and the pastor at my church, but not even with my wife in Manila. He said, this was about because they were faithful. Those kids were my prayer cover. That's why I lived. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. So anyway, um, yeah, these are some of my experiences, and I want to, I have a million. <laughs> <laughs> They're good, so good, powerful. Thank you. Um, yeah, that you were just instrumental in bringing that kingdom culture into that youngest, youngest generation. As you've thought about this year and, and where, um, where you might be headed, and, and you probably know some things, but not all, what are some things that come to mind as you, as you look forward into? Well, the future. Um, a couple of years ago, I started getting a picture. So I kind of already shared that when I listen to God, I oftentimes see pictures. And I saw myself in a yellow refugee boat. And I felt like the Lord was saying, let go of everything. You know, let go of your culture. Let go of your country. Let go of your, and get in this boat with me. And I was like, it was a battle. You know, sometimes I'd be like clinging for the things. And I knew that we were entering a kind of a new culture. And I felt like, what the Lord was saying, he's bringing us to kingdom culture. And where I most find it is with the kids. That's where I most find it. Um, and I, I feel like things are upside down. I see things differently there. So I know that's part of the vision of where we're going. The other thing is, this last year, I've also had a picture. And I just shared this with one of our um, helpers I'm, um, that's helping this year and helped last year, a young, young junior helper. I was saying, this is a picture I'm getting this summer. And it's me with the kids, and I see a hole in the ceiling. I see a hole in the ceiling, and I'm showing them where it is, and I'm lifting them up through it. And then they're up there, and they reach back for me and pull me through. And I've asked the Lord, what is this about? And I really believe it's about my ceiling is their floor. 
But I told, I told that vision to one of the kids last, or at the Bible ceremony, and I said, hey, don't forget me. When you start seeing things I've never seen, pull me up. <laughs> pull me up. I want to see. I want to hear all the things that you're seeing and hearing of things I never knew about God. You know, so. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, there are still some spots available, right, in, <laughs> in the ministry as well. We'll put in that, that shameless plug to be able to experience that childlike faith and um, um, kingdom culture, especially, am I right, especially at the 11 o'clock service. Right. We're, we're running really uh, slim at the 11 o'clock service right now. So um, if you're feeling any tugs on the, on the heart, please uh, talk to Kathy or Lindsay Phillips um, sometime, sometime in the next couple of days because we'd love to get those rooms and volunteers all staffed in and filled. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Chrissy, you have been, uh, it's been a summer of transition for you. Your responsibilities and your hours here have, have increased. You are now um, kind of all things mix, right? So events and um, we can, all the day-to-day -day kind of things in the mix. And you're the face that will be here every Wednesday night for the mix, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So as you have, have looked back over, over this year, um, before the transition started, what are, what are some of those things that, or what's a story that's highlighted highlighted for you? Yes. So, yeah, like Kathy was saying, it really is a privilege to be able to experience, watch, and w walk alongside these kids as they experience and encounter God. Um, one of the things that we were focusing on this year was creating space for our kids to sit and hear and also talk with God. And so one of the ways that we were doing that was through journaling. And there was one night in particular, and then several that followed that, that were super highlights for me. Um, we had, Brett had led us in a time where um, our students could go to different areas around the auditorium and they could pick up a Scrabble tile like this one. And then they were going to sit with God and ask God to give them a, a word about themselves or a word that started with the letter that they had picked. And what we wanted them to do was we wanted them to then share after that. And when you ask, you know, 230 some middle schoolers if they want to share you just don't know what's going to happen you don't know if it's going to be uncomfortable you don't know if nobody is going to talk or um, what's going to happen and I don't know if I didn't anticipate what was going to happen um, and the ways that the Lord moved and it was a little bit slow going at first but then we had to like cut the students off because student after student wanted to share what God had had spoken to them um, and within that highlight there was a highlight that I experienced that not a lot of other people were able to I watched as a student um, sat near me and she battled um, whether or not she wanted to share. And she was really feeling the Holy Spirit moving and prompting her to share what she was supposed to with the word that she had received. But she was also really afraid of, of others. She was afraid of the judgment that some of her classmates may have on her for sharing the word that she had. And as I sat and I watched her just battle with this, um, it was really inspiring to me to watch her make the courageous decision she did to share because she knew that being obedient to God Fear should not hold her back from that. Um, and so it was just beautiful to watch as these students made this decision. And because we had to cut them off, we did it for a couple of nights to follow that, just having, having student after student share um, their words. And small group leaders said that that's what they talked about the whole time. So it was just really beautiful to um, create a space for them to hear, watch God show up, and watch them want to share with each other. Wow. That's awesome. 
Awesome. As you are looking into this, this next year, what, um, what are you most excited about uh, for this upcoming year? Yes, I am excited for um, this next semester specifically. We are doing something very different, um, which I'm pretty excited about. And um, we are going to be focusing on spheres of influence. So um, where is the influence that we have? What spheres are we in currently that they're... Um, that we have influence in and can bring the light of Jesus to. And so um, we were able to go back to Fuller Youth Institute. And so we are um, in California. And so we're able to, we have this new project that we're doing this um, next semester. And we're focusing on vocation. And vocation defined by them is different. It's called, uh, or it's loving my neighbor wherever I'm planted is what they call vocation. And so we're going to be adopting neighborhoods, which I'm really excited for to watch as these students are really prayerful about what our needs or what are ways that we can bless these different neighborhoods. Um, I'm excited. I think that there's going to be some barriers broken down, and I'm really excited for that. Um, and I'm just excited for our kids to hear from God and then um, be able to go and do. So we'll have a night of service where they're going to be all semester spending time listening to what God wants them to do within the neighborhood they've adopted, and then they're going to be able to go and do that. So I'm just excited for the ways that the Lord is going to show up and the ways that the kids are going to experience him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Allie, we'll wrap up, uh, wrap up with you. You've also been in a high transition season, so you are still fully involved in high school ministry, um, the day-to-day -day functions of, of uh, CORE, um, working with relationships and, and curriculum, um, but you're also leading and implementing some things for young adults as well. So one of the things we discovered, uh, one of the gaps we had in our spiritual formation was somebody who could just be that, that home face, that church face for young adults. So to build relationships in high school and then as they come back um, or as we get um, new influxes to, to have someone there. And so um, now we didn't just add to Allie's plate. We also shifted some things uh, from her plate too. So Brett Wiersma is taking some of the high school responsibilities that Allie was um, responsible for. So um, he'll, he'll be, um, he's also been shifting and he is at old settlers today so that's why he couldn't he couldn't make it but um yeah if you if you could give us uh yeah a picture of kingdom culture in high school ministry especially over over this past year if there's a story that highlights highlights for you so one of the things with our high school ministry that we've really asked the lord to create a culture in is to allow us to experience the lord together um, so the truth is, the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in all of us as adults is the exact same size, portion, Holy Spirit that's dwelling in kids all the way up through 100-year-olds. And so we often let our students know that, hey, we're in this journey together. We are learning from you probably 100 times more than what you are learning from us, and so we want to do this together. Um, so one of, the, one of my highlights, which has a couple stories attached to it, is this year... In our culture, every four years, we go through hearing the voice of God. And we want our students to know that because our prayer throughout the years for high school ministry has been, one encounter, Lord, will change everything. And so we just ask the Lord, one encounter is going to change everything, going to change perspective, going to change life, going to cut off all of our chains. Like one encounter, that's what we want, Lord. And so we did a Hearing the Voice of God series. And our first night, we had middle school and high school together and... You know, you have that like you have that moment. You're you're giving you're giving everyone the instructions like this is how this is gonna go, and you kind of have these looks from everyone like, 
yeah, right. That's not going to go that way. But you are trusting that the Lord's going to say something. And all of a sudden, we have one of one middle school student raise his hand and say, this is what I felt the Lord say. And then we have another student raise their hand. And then we have another. And one of my favorite moments from that night is we had a girl student share what her vision was. And then at 9 p.m. that evening, I get a message from her sister. And she said, I'm not joking. I had the exact same vision. And they were like, what is that about? And I just could rejoice with them. Like, the Lord is working. And those are my favorite moments in hearing God's voice. Is that all of a sudden, one person takes the risk and steps out in that and says, this is what I'm hearing. And then we start watching how these visions, these words start building on each other. And we can then stand there and be like, oh my goodness, God's actually speaking. And we're actually getting affirmation after affirmation that we're hearing, we're hearing clearly because why would I get that? And then you're all the way over there and you're receiving the same thing. And so that has been one of my favorite moments. The other one happened this summer. We went to Puerto Rico with about a group of 20 of us. And we had about 36 hours of intense spiritual warfare. Um, you could talk to me about that later, but it was pretty crazy. All of a sudden, we decided, our group, that we really felt like we were supposed to pray for the staff that was there, that we were supposed to wash their feet and actually practice listening prayer. And so we asked different students who would like to wash each leader's each leader that was there. There were six of them, their feet. And so students volunteered to wash feet. And then we told the staff, well, our students, this student's washing your feet. We're gonna, the rest of us are just going to listen. And we're learning this. So just know, like, we, need, we want you to go before the Lord in this and really ask him, what, what, is, what is resonating with me and my spirit and what you're doing in me? And I, um, when someone encounters Lord and hears, hears his voice, like, I, I live for that, if I'm honest for you, with you. Like, I love those moments because I want every single person to know that they can hear God's voice. And that is life-changing. So we're sitting there, and this is happening, and it starts. And, you know, we're in Puerto Rico, so the staff's Puerto Rican. And I thought I did a really good job explaining what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, the staff is in, like, pure confession. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What is about to happen? They're confessing. Are we going to hear, Lord? Are we going to hear clearly? And I, like, remember looking around and being like, do I stop this moment? How do I do this, Lord? How do we do this? And every single person heard beautifully for that person. Like, they were confessing, and the Lord was doing what he needed to do in that moment with that person. But the Lord was also speaking to us, and that wasn't necessarily interacting in any way. Like, we weren't taking what they were saying and being like, well, I heard. And so that was so beautiful. Well, in the midst of that, because we had 36 hours of, kind of significant warfare, the director at the end of it looks at us and says, you know, I've been asking the Lord, what is going on? Why? Why has this happened the last 36 hours? And she said, and this was it. The enemy was trying to stop this moment from happening. And she says, you have no idea what you just did for our team. And she said, you just threw a bomb in the enemy's face and he has no territory here. And I just loved it because I could look at our students and be like, you led the way, guys. You did it. You were, the, you were the resurrected power of Christ in that moment. And so, yeah, that's some of it. Sorry. It's yes, powerful. Okay. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. 
Speaking of powerful, where do you think? Uh, yeah. Where do you, where do you think you're headed? What's the What's the next thing that you're anticipating for this year? So the two themes that I feel like the Lord has can, is bringing up for this year is who is the true character of God? What's His Father's heart? And then, in that, what's our identity in Christ? Okay. And in that order, that we understand his character and that our identity is built off of the knowledge of his character. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Would you uh, help me thank these uh, beautiful key leaders in, in sharing the story? Thank you. What I love about working with them is uh, these, are, these are women, these are leaders who are so intentional about living out of the overflow of, of who God is. And their ministry flows out of that. You can hear just the uniqueness of, um, of each leader and how God's love is just uh, coming out of, of each, each one of them. And one of the themes I think that uh, I heard is, as we shared stories and that kind of stuff is really what they're doing is uh, they set the table. They set the table so that children and students can experience the more of God, can experience the fullness of God, like what we uh, just just read about in Ephesians. Um, And so now let's pivot for a few short moments. Um, What do you need to set for your table so that in your next season, in your next journey, you can continue to press forward in being the kingdom person that God has created you to be? Over the next two, year, or two years in our strategic plan, we're going to go after building up this kingdom culture for our third church family. And a kingdom culture is created by individuals who are kingdom people. That is you. And so what do you need? We've identified, um, we've identified four core values, and Ginny Hesseltine and I are actually going to do a deeper dive into this uh, next, next week. Um, but just highlighting um, the four core values, intimacy with the Lord. You are created for deep, deep connections with our triune God. Identity, your identity is multidimensional. First, you are a son, you are a daughter of the risen King. Belonging is the next core value. You are, um, you are created for deep connection with others. And then purpose. You have a call, a mission sent with daily sentness with, for kingdom purpose. So if we could just, uh, for, for a minute here, do a little bit of shuffle. There are, um, there are little self-reflection papers attached to adult discipleship booklets uh, around the room in baskets. Could you take one of this, and I just want us to do a quick self-evaluation. Where are you at? Where are you at on your story um, right now? What does that, and if you need to move around so everybody can get a copy of this, feel free to do so. Yep, look under chairs. It's good to, good to move a little bit. Everybody got one? And nobody else needs to, uh, needs to see this, or you can share it with others. That's okay. 
But just be honest with yourself. So you are created for a deep connection with the triune God. How connected do you feel to the triune God? Not at all? Somewhat connected? Connected or connected most of the time? This is a question on intimacy. No right or wrong answers. The next one is an identity question. As God's child, you are made in his image, fully accepted, transformed in his image, and with the ability to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. How often do you feel like a child and image bearer of God? Never? Sometimes? Often? Most of the time. Go ahead and circle the one that describes you the best. Belonging question. You were created for deep connection with others. How satisfied are you with the depth of your relationships? Not at all. Somewhat. Satisfied or very satisfied? And the final, a purpose question. How comfortable are you with being a person who is sent with significance for kingdom impact? Very uncomfortable, somewhat uncomfortable, comfortable, or very comfortable? I know that many of you have already uh, registered and signed up. Thank you for that, for uh, what your fall discipleship opportunity or discipleship is going to look like um, as far as here at Third Church. And so if you've already done that and we go through um, kind of some, some good suggestions for this, maybe... Uh, maybe this, this conversation will be for somebody that you know. Maybe, oh, maybe I should invite this person into this opportunity. Or perhaps it's, uh, you're getting invited into something that's not necessarily even offered here. It's out in the, um, in the community or uh, something else that you're going to pick up. But I wanted to highlight a few of, of key um, things for, for each of these core, core values. So if we could get that slide up here. If you look here on yours and say, oh, what's something that I want to go after in this next season? What's something that I feel like the Lord is inviting me to take a deeper dive into in this next season? And if it's around this idea of intimacy, let's see, the slide before. Slide before. Yep. This idea of intimacy created for deep connection. Here are two opportunities that, that might be a really good fit if, um, if that first question is something that you would like to go after. The Father Heart of God. And you can just mark it up in your booklet. If, um, feel free to take this booklet with you. That This class is being offered on, um, on Wednesday evenings with Mike Redman true character of our Father's heart and his love for you, as well as four keys to hearing God's voice. That will take place um, at 11 o'clock on, on Sundays, four keys, and that intimate connection with the triune God. That's, those are both just great places to grow in intimacy with God. 
The next one, if you're looking at that second question, you're like, you know, I think that would be a great place for me to uh, dive into. Um, Identity. There are freedom classes and groups. This freedom curriculum that uh, has has been rolled out this past year. Some of you have maybe heard of it. Some of you haven't. Uh, quite honestly, it's it's some of the best curriculum that I have ever ever seen. I'm starting. Uh, yep, my 16th launch here, and um, and it is it is great great stuff. Um, the Holy Spirit in prayer is also being offered, and Mike and Allie Cramner, as well as Steph on Sunday mornings, and the journey to look back over your life and to see God's hand in and through everything. Great options if identity is a place you want to um, go after this next season. Belonging. Deep connection with others. We have incredible groups that are uh, out there being offered. I know some, I see some leaders um, in, this, uh, in this room right now. So uh, a shout out. Uh, could you raise your hand? I know I don't want to miss anybody. I know Michelle has an if table um, group. Uh, I don't want to miss anybody, anybody else. Okay, there's some great small groups that are going to be taking place and, and launching uh, this fall. So, so consider, uh, consider that if that's where you'd like to invest in. And the last one, sent with significance, um, serving inside or outside the church. So uh, you carry the presence of God uh, with you. And so every, um, everywhere you step, you have impact on that, on that atmosphere. Is there a place where you feel invited to, to serve. Um, again, shameless plug, children's ministry at 11 o'clock. If you, uh, if you um, are feeling, feeling the tug there, we would love to have you as part of the Kid Men team. Empower Sprints on, on page 10. There's a great, great equipping piece that Kathy Haug um, does, as well as Praying with Others, level one. There is, this is a video series that um, you will uh, watch videos prior to, and then uh, I think it's like a half a day, and you can find all the information that on, on page 11. But we encourage you to familiarize yourself with uh, the opportunities that are here and kind of just match where you are in your journey and um, the next step that uh, God is inviting you into. So Alan will invite you back up for one, one more day, and or one more song, Glorious Day. <laughs> And if I could also give a thanks, I know Jim, Jim Bebo, Jim, are you still here? He was helping to, oh, okay. Jim, Jim showed up this week and, and he is just this gift uh, to the third church family. And I said, Jim, I'm making some stuff for the auditorium. He did all of this for, for you today. So, and could you just give a round of applause to Jim? Isn't he, his servant heart is amazing. <laughs> So I will pray for us as we uh, are going to engage with our closing song. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story that you are writing, the story that you are writing here at Third Church in our individual lives and in our families and our homes. I pray for um, each person here that they will experience the depths of your love for them in greater and greater measure, Father. And I pray that they will uh, just know the next step that you have, um, yeah, that you just have for them in their journey. And so again, we welcome your joy into this place. We welcome your love. 
And may uh, our, our praise just bring you honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.